Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayis, Shir number 355. We are continuing in the book, 10 Real Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart People Make, by Rabbi Tzian Schaefer. Great book, highly recommend to purchase it and to review it. Today we're going to discuss the gender differences in a very profound way. He mentions a particular author that um, interviewed men and women, uh, wanted to get a clear picture, and this is, was the question that uh, was phrased to both the men and the women. If you would choose a, one life to choose, a life without love or a life without respect, which one would you choose? And in 74% of the time, men said that they couldn't live without respect. It's nice to be loved, but respect is a requirement. And most women, doesn't say here 74%, but most women would say the exact opposite. I can endure a life without respect, but to live without love, that's impossible. And that's a basic difference between men and women. He mentions here a cute thing. I actually saw this book in a bookstore once. It's a book called Everything Men Know About Women. It's a bestseller, sold a million copies. They all went to buy it because it described exactly the way men understand women's emotions. And the book was blank. It was a blank book. It had 200 empty pages with nothing printed on them. <laughs> Someone actually made a book like that. Everyone, Everything men know about women. 200 blank pages. And people bought it. It's the funniest thing. I don't get it, but whatever. But the point being taken is that they really... Um, most men have much difficulty understanding the inner world of women. The truth is the other way around. Also, um, women don't know much about men either. And um, when you understand the differences, how men and women think differently and feel differently and view things differently, then when we're married, we could learn to adjust and adapt to these differences. And that changes marriages drastically for the better. That really, really opens up things. When you just simply have that acknowledgement and you learn to adapt to the other gender based on what they they need, based on your understanding, it changes things totally. The idea of gender is very prevalent in our generation now. We're, you know, we have 56 types of genders and a boy's not a boy and a girl's not a girl and all this stuff that's... Uh, totally um, crazy and illogical and against science. There are males and there are females. Yes, you have feminine type males sometimes. You have more masculine type women. But ultimately, there are two opposite genders with basically different preferences, generally speaking. Uh, when you have um, basically um, toys that they play with, the babies, with um, girls... They play with dolls, they dress them up, they play out roles. And when it comes to boys, it's toy trucks, and he abandons the dolls and all that stuff. And uh, it's, it's very, very clear from early on that they're totally different in their goals, in their focuses, in how they even play games as children. Boys play games that are independent to show how good they are. Uh, they play on teams, who's the star of the team. They're competitive. And studies show that girls, for example, take turns 20 times more often than boys 
and their pretend play is usually about interactions and nurturing and caregiving relationships, and they avoid conflict based on wanting to stay connected, gaining approval, nurturing. That's a girl's world in her play. In boys, when they play, play, it's typically competitive. Winners and losers. And their status is from 8 to 18 is basically how well they play. It's competitive. Men are competitive. Women are driven more by connection. They don't play to win girls. They play like games like, let's say, jump rope. And you hold the rope so that the friend can also jump as many times as they can. They also play competitive sports, but their motivation is to be part of a team. And um, it's, it's very, very fascinating. So going back to this concept of needing respect, a woman's primary need in marriage is to feel that she's loved. A woman's primary need is to feel respected. A man needs to feel admired or at least accepted. It's an inner need that he has. And even if he's no longer the best baseball player or whatever he was great at, he needs respect, and he's allergic to disrespect. You treat a man with disrespect, he will it's torture for him. And that is a yesoid brought in the Rambam, where when, when the Rambam does not focus on the love aspect, but focuses on the respect aspect. We talked in the last year a little more depth about why that is. But a woman at her core needs to be loved, and if she doesn't feel cherished, like we mentioned a lot in last year, she is not happily married. At his core, though, a man needs to be respected. He wants to be loved too, but in his world, respect takes precedence. If a woman shows great love to her husband but no respect, the, the marriage will be difficult. If the a husband could have a lot of respect for his wife but doesn't express that love, the marriage could be difficult fascinating obviously you need to give both to both ideally you give love and respect both ways but for a husband the key is he could respect her his wife greatly but if he doesn't go the mile to show deep empathy and deep listening and verbal expressions of love and affection the love is what she cherishes it's water to her soul and she thirsts for it a man same time yes he wants to be loved by his wife but more than that he wants to be respected by her now ben seeing chief schaefer relates a very moving story that he was very moved by um he knew a young man and he, he asked that he could bring his collar to meet ben and schaefer when they arrived he spoke with them for a few minutes and he, he, he asked the chassan to wait in the other room, and he spoke to the kala privately. After a few minutes, he called the chassan back into the room, and when the chassan walked into the room, he saw something that really shocked him. The kala stood up, waited till he sat down, and then took her seat. He never saw that before, a kala standing up when the chassan walks in. He never saw it before. And he asked her about it later. And she said, She says, I was taught that you're supposed to stand up when a Talmud Chacham walks into the room. And then Sien Shefer says that he was so joyous and happy when he heard that. Her husband was a big, brilliant Talmud Chacham. And he knew the husband. He didn't think much of himself. He, was, he had a very low self-esteem. He didn't think much of himself at all. He had a poor self-image. And that was one of his main challenges in life. 
He was brilliant Talmud Chacham, extremely talented, but he felt that he was nobody. He had very low self-esteem. He often felt depressed. He often felt down. And here he had a Kala that held him in such high regard that she stood up for him when he walked up, walk, when, when he walked into the room. And he said, this is the greatest gift she could give him. A wife who respects me so much that she stands up even for me. And as long as she continues to treat him that way, he'll always be kind to her, always be generous to her, giving, sensitive. If he stops treating her with respect, that would destroy him and the relationship. So this is a big key for wives to know, to give this a try. That, of course, you love your husbands, but try to give him great respect. And you will see how he reacts. And the same thing with the husbands. You show your wife great love, and you see how she reacts. Of course, you need both. But yeah, you need to see how, how that can actually transform a marriage. The husband needs to give what the wife needs most, which is love. And the husband and the wife needs to give the husband what he needs most, which is respect. And then he goes into where he's going to talk about the sixth um, real dumb mistake, and that is trying to change your spouse. We talked about this in the past. I'm not going to go detail line by line in this book. And again, please read it and purchase it and read it. It's Kedai to read. But the idea behind it is, is that the side of it is you cannot change your husband or wife. You could influence them. You could talk about things. It doesn't mean you're a doormat. You communicate. But to fundamentally change a husband and wife, that is just simply not healthy, and it doesn't work. And very often when you have in mind that you're going to give your husband or wife a total rehaul and build them up a different way, it does not work. And it backfires tremendously. Now, he does bring down, based on his studies, it's not healthy for the wives to try to change the husbands or the husbands to change the wife. But usually when the wife tries to change the husband, it's usually more damaging. He explains why. But we're not going to get really into that because the bottom line is it's not healthy either way. This applies, he gives different examples. For example, he always leaves his socks on the floor. And he, she goes crazy about that. And it bothers him to no end because he's already 40 years old. He should learn not to put socks on his floor. And he, he approached the wife complained to him, Rabbi Schaefer. And he, he basically said, um, you know, when you mentioned it the first time, did it help? No. The next day he did it again. And um, did he change his ways? No, he won't change. Is he a nice guy? Yes, he's a nice guy. Is he considerate? Yes, he's considerate. Does he help you around the house? Yes, he helps me around the house. So why doesn't he pick up his socks? So it was quiet, and then he said that the bottom line is he may never change. Some people have skills in one area, and they're sloppy in other areas. Some people are very neat, but they're incompetent in other areas. And if you've been trying and trying to get him to change, you're not getting anywhere, this is one of those situations that you have to face the fact that he's not going to change. So what are you going to do about it? You accept it. This comes up a lot. He goes through if a wife is overweight, she was fit when she was married, had first child, put a couple of pounds, second child, more pounds, third child, more pounds. Now she's 30, 40 pounds 
heavier than she was when, you know, they were originally married. And, you know, he complains to Benson Schaefer, you know, I'm a doctor, I work in a hospital, I'm around young nurses, they're all fit, and I don't want to look at them or anything. And, but, but, you know, I have an overweight wife at home, and, and these nurses are very um, not overweight. And I offer my wife anything she wants to help her lose her weight, to pay a private trainer, pay a dietitian, and she's just not willing. And he tried to explain to her, you have a choice, either you embrace her, as she is, or you're just going to have it very difficulty. And he explained that, of course, you don't think she wants to lose the weight. Of course she does. You think she's happy about the way that she's 40 pounds overweight? She's not. You, By you trying to change that and be judgmental about it or be harsh about it or even nice about it but trying to get her to change is not going to help. And you're going to ask what's so hard. She could join the Weight Watchers, stick to a diet, eat nutrition, ba- nutritious, balanced meals, What's and she won't be hungry. What's so hard? The answer is it is hard. All change is hard. Changing eating habits is hard. Trust me, I've been, last three months, changing my eating habits. It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. Something that's very hard to change. You have to understand and be sensitive to your spouse that very often they want to change deep inside. It's just that they it's very difficult for them. And you need to accept that. You need to be compassionate about it. That doesn't mean when something is totally out of control, you don't address it. But in general, these normal, inherent type of issues and flaws, sometimes you just have to let it go. The idea behind it, and he's masbered very well, is that all human beings are flawed. Some things can change and some things can't. And you, you cannot change a person in its entirety. It just doesn't work that way. He brings a, human, a humorous story here. A woman said, you know, she was the one who complained about the socks on the floor. So here she had a different story. He had a lot of jackets and uh, Sunday he w- night, he would put the jacket on one chair. Monday night, he had a second jacket in his closet, and he put it on the second chair. Tuesday night and Wednesday night, the same. Thursday night. So his whole wardrobe of jackets were on each chair in the dining room. And what happened? So she said, I used to scream at him. Did that work? No, it didn't work. So what do you do now? So listen, you told me to embrace him for who he is. So what? this is what I do. On Sunday night when he leaves his jacket on the chair, I take it upstairs and hang it up. And Monday night I do the same, and Tuesday night I do the same. And how's your shalom bias now? Wonderful. So like those things like that, you don't you don't make issues, big issues over. And you work around it. Yes, is it his responsibility to put away his jackets? Yes, it's his responsibility. We should do better. You give a talk to the husband. You say, listen, husband, you got to straighten out your act. You can't leave all your jackets on the, on the chairs. It's his responsibility. That's true. But when the wife accepted it, it changed her marriage. You can be either be right or happily married. You can't be both. Marriage is not about being right. It's about working together, loving each other, being friends with each other. And that's the best possible outcome. And you need to know how to learn how to be mavater, how to overlook things. 
one needs to understand also is when people do this, it's not because they don't care about your feelings or they're not, and it's not because they're passive aggressive. For example, this person who leaves the f- socks on the floor does not mean an iota to antagonize his wife, zero. Or that he puts his jackets on the, on the chair because he's a tzaflagin and that's what he does, does not mean to hurt his wife at all. That's not his kavana. He's just tzaflagin. He's just like, you know, not, you know, talented in those areas. But he doesn't mean to hurt her in any way, shape, or form. But it is frustrating. So the idea behind this is, is that everyone has their flaws. And a lot of it has to be accepted. Now we talked about, when we talked about the John Gottman books and others, something's really bothering you about a behavior that's very hurtful hurtful and insensitive and rude or harsh, yes, there has to be discussions about it. But something, let's say, like leaving the socks on the floor, putting the jackets on the dining room table, or being 20 pounds overweight or 30 pounds overweight, these things are not meant to hurt the other spouse at all. It's flaws that they intrinsically have or need are grappling with, and there's no intention at all to hurt the other person whatsoever. It's just that they're flawed in various areas. All human beings are. In those, in those situations, it's best to do your best to overlook it and love them for the way they are. Ultimately, with encouragement and with accepting them, very often they'll try to change on their own. So there's a big difference, I would say, he doesn't mention this in the book, between whether there is hurtful behaviors that you can't just say, I accept. Hurtful meaning something that's an anger issue, saying something sarcastic, those are, that's a different story. Those are things that need to be addressed if they're, they're continuing. You're hurting me when you say these hurtful things to me. That's not what he's talking about here, about not changing people. There are also, you can't change him or her, but you need to express it sometimes so that they know that this is something that needs to, it's not acceptable. So it's not about being a doormat or anything like that. But all those hundreds of flaws that all of us have that get on each other's nerves, but we're not meaning at all to hurt our spouse in any way, shape, or form. We're not talking about a person that knows his wife goes into a fit so he'll dafka put the socks on the floor to get her agitated. We're not talking about that. That's already controlling, abusive, um, being a wise guy being a Lahachas person. We're not talking about that. He's not talking about that in this chapter. It's very, very clear. He's talking about flaws that come naturally, not with no intention to hurt your husband or your wife. And on those type of flaws, you need to be compassionate, not try to change them and accept who they are. That's a very important insight. We'll continue, Bessas Hashem, in the next year.